think God is the endless source of creativity. So I think you start there. But I think you can get inspiration from anywhere. I think the world, I, the Bible says the rocks will cry out, right? And I think the rocks cry out creatively. I think there is so much resource in the world to look at and people have such revelations of beauty these days. And I think that pushes and propels the church to actually get better at what they do, that if that's what the world's doing and they don't even know God, how much more should we who know God speak of his wonder and his majesty and his beauty? This is the Hillsong Creative Podcast, where we hear from creative experts and influencers, the dreamers and the doers, what they've learned and what we can learn from their journey as we explore, respond and create. I'm Rich Langton and on today's episode, we have our global worship and creative pastor, Cass Langton. Amongst other things, she talks about creativity in the church and artisans as evangelists. Hey guys, it's great to have you back on the podcast. This one is a really a fun one. I'm looking forward to it for you because in this podcast, we're talking to Cass Langton, who is the global worship and creative pastor for Hillsong Church, but she also happens to be my wife. So when she tells stories of her journey, for me listening to the interview, it's like going back to those times. I'm amazed at how God has used her across the years and, and is using her even now. And I think that's an encouragement to us all to see how God can use ordinary people people to do extraordinary things. So in the interview, she'll touch on team nights, which is our creative gatherings each week, and that's something you should listen for. But really, they get into the, the way Cass thinks about creativity and the church, and her, her really her heart for artisans to be evangelists. You know, for us not to be just creating art for art's sake, but really to have a purpose behind our art. So I think you'll enjoy this interview. Let's jump straight into it. Well, I'd like to welcome you to the Hillsong Creative Podcast. My name is Gabriel Kelly, and we are very, very excited to have my creative pastor and Hillsong Church's global creative pastor, Cass Langton, with us today. Hello. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I am great. Thank That's you. That's a nice introduction. Thank you. It is the highlight of my podcasting career. Thank you. To interview you so far. Wow, that's impressive because you've had some good people here. We are recording this podcast uh, in Sydney, Australia at the end of January. No, start of February. Yes, it is. First of February first today. First of February. Yep. Uh, we've just had our first team night for the year. Yes, we have. My favourite night of the week is Thursday nights when our creative community get together. And why is that? Why is it your favourite night of the week? Yeah, don't you think God does special things on Thursday night? Um, I think there's something amazing about hundreds of creatives getting together and the worshipping community getting together to worship God. And I often feel like he gives us sneak peeks of what he's doing in the life of our church on Thursdays. There is an excitement. I feel like worship always sounds beautiful with the singers in the room. And our team try new things. And so there's a sense of adventure and risk that comes in our creative arena on Thursday nights, which I think just breeds healthy. Yeah, I love that. And I think too, we're committed to Christian first and then creative. And mm -hmm. so that's fun that in a church creative community, we're pursuing Jesus together and then bringing our craft to the table. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes, so All I don't right. want to jump ahead. Um, I actually want to go backwards okay. first and talk about um, you and your husband, Rich, yes. uh, who leads that creative team with you. You moved up from Melbourne. Right. A long time ago now, but yes, we did. Um, you didn't start out in the creative team, did you? 
At Hillsong Church? Correct. No, I didn't start out as a creative chair. Well, actually, I really did. My first job was working for Donna Crouch when she led creative. Oh, wow. And so I worked in creative doing um, administration and calendar and all sorts of things, running team nights, mm-hmm. which were worship and creative arts nights back then yes. and helping with all of the admin behind the scenes of that. That's so cool. Yeah, but... From there, I actually went on to run our marketing department and events department and all sorts of things out of that job. Wow. Which was a little bit outside of the creative arena. However, everywhere I went, I feel like I picked up creative pieces. So in the events department, we ran the stage design team and we came up with all the marketing material. And so I feel like there's always been creative elements of my job that when I've moved on from those jobs, they've kicked out of the departments because they don't actually belong there. So there's kind of a wake of creativity that follows me wherever I go. And I feel like those things have just kind of been part of who you are and have gone with you each of those places yeah, and each right. of those teams. Uh, so a few years ago after a bunch of change in our team in our church you step into leading the creative team yep um with your husband rich which was fairly unexpected right (laughs) how unexpected like very unexpected for me yeah um yeah because i i think i started when joel and ruben were kind of looking at restructuring the department Mm -hmm. i have a human resources background Mm -hmm. so i did human resources and marketing at uni and went, oh, hold on, I can help with the people side of things. Let mm-hmm. me jump in. So helped with that for a little while and then things changed and I ended up leading the team. And I remember having a moment of feeling like the Lord had ripped the carpet out from under my feet and I went, what the heck have you done to me? And um, I feel like our whole team was wondering what I was doing. What have you team. done to yeah, us? The most least likely. And then... I guess I think about all the Bible stories and David is probably the least likely to leave yeah. Israel. And yeah. there's so many stories time and again of the least expected. Yeah. So I figure then God goes, this is kind of my plan so that this is about me, not about you. <laughs> and you can't boast about how great you are because you actually know. Right. I was there then. I'm here yeah. now. We've never looked back. You came from, like you said, marketing, communications, Mm -hmm. an HR background, events, all these different things, and then stepped into creative. Do you feel like working in those different areas prepared you for what you were going to do creatively? Do you feel like they they helped you? But I look back on my whole life and I see how God orchestrated all the pieces together. Right. So from the time I was little, like I can remember being maybe four or five, sitting on the floor at my mum and dad's Bible study. And I was a girl who knew like the songs of praise books off by heart. And so they would have like the start of worship and I would be the first guy to go, number 49 in the blue book, number 48 in this. I want to sing. Like I loved worship from the time I was little. I was always involved in creativity in the church we came from before here. We led worship. Rich was always as a worship leader and actually Rubes played guitar for him in our church when he was yep. leading worship and I would sing or lead and like so you see how God kind of weaves all the pieces together and then you get here and I go oh that's why I had to learn how to do budgets at that point in time and that was why I had to learn how to do conflict resolution and actually events is not that foreign to what we run week in and week out and I've got perspective that I wouldn't have had had I have not come through that way. Yeah, and if you just stayed in the creative lane, you would have missed out on that breadth right. of experience. Hey, mm-hmm. um, I guess, like you say, your different involvements along the way inform who you are now as a leader right. um, and equip you. Yeah. And, I, yeah, and I feel like it's lovely that you spend this whole season or many seasons where you're hidden and nobody knows who you are or what you do. 
and you actually die to yourself over and over and over when nobody sees so yep. that when you end up with a platform, you've realized that it's actually no different to what you were doing back then. Yep. It's just, right? And so God works on all the stuff. I'm grateful that actually God worked on the stuff in me behind the scenes off the platform. And I think of some of the guys now coming through, the young and free guys, where they're so public and God's still working on them and it's a lot harder for them because people scrutinize yep. what they do and their behavior. And I thank God that nobody knew my name back then when he was working on all that stuff. Let's, uh, yeah. And continues to. Let's stay here. That was We're going to tweet this later, but let's talk about it now. Right. Um, you lead out apartment in Australia, which is a massive job, globally, which is a massive job. You are a wife, a mother of two, mother of three, if you include the dog. Um, right. You have so much going on. How do you actually create space for that in your own life to allow God to keep working on you? How do you make sure you're not just caught up in the mechanics of living a big life, but actually allowing God to keep shaping you? Is that something that you wrestle with? Is it something that you're committed to and find easy? Um, I feel like God is always on my case about something. <laughs> <laughs> I think, like honestly, I think it helps that I... I feel like I need Jesus to help me because I'm not very good. And so I'm constantly, I probably am constantly caught in the turmoil of going, I wish I could lead better. I wish I could uh. do that better. I wish there was more creativity. I wish, like I can imagine more. You can and see the gap? Oh, all the time. Mm. And in myself, I feel like I'm often really critical. I see all of the shortcomings and I'm constantly going, God, can you compensate for that? Do you think you could bring somebody along to handle that? Do you think? So how do you stop that voice being the dominant voice that self, the, in your self-talk? Um, I think the Lord stops it, actually. Like tonight I huh. told a story to our team about um, lying in bed at 2 o'clock one morning and I had had a pretty rough week at work and I felt like I wasn't very good and I felt like I'd hit my ceiling in leadership. And I kind of was like 2 o'clock in the morning, really quiet house, tears streaming down my face going, God, I think I'm out. I don't know that I can, I don't think I'm the guy for this. And I felt like he really arrested my heart and went, there'll always be ceilings unless you dive deeper. And if you dive deeper, there's no ceilings. And mm. like it was him pushing me back into him going, actually it doesn't matter what you feel or what you think or what people say, what matters is what he says. And I think that voice will always be louder than my own voice. Mm. So I like the Bible a lot and I really love Jesus and... I endeavor to make time daily to hear from him. So my car is a really great place for that. And I drop the kids off at school and I put worship music on or I put my Bible, my audio Bible on. Uh -huh. Or sometimes I just listen mm -hmm. and I'm like, speak to me because I know I need it. And even when you feel the demands of a really big job at the level you're working at, um, you're committed to shutting that stuff out and seeking God at those times, hey? I want to say yes. <laughs> trying to. For sure trying to. But but like everybody, seasons get big, right? And then you go, oh, I went to bed at one o'clock and I woke up at six and I like there, there's not time. So I try to create that margin. I'm pretty committed to opening my Bible every day. Pretty committed to praying. Like I have random things, but phone reminders that come up that go, okay, today you pray for Gabe Kelly and the Hills team. Tomorrow you pray for the production team. We pray for global teams here. Like I know Monday morning, I pray for all of our global campuses. On wow. Tuesday morning, I pray for production. On Thursday morning, I pray for different things. Yep, yep. And I just work our way through a team. But I have a reminder that goes off in my phone and an alarm because I'm not good enough to remember myself. Yeah, but whatever helps, right? Right. 
And at 11 a.m. something goes off. So when I make myself a cup of tea, I pray for Katrina Henderson in Israel and I pray for different different friends I've committed to praying for. It's very cool. Because I um, feel like if you say you'll pray, then you actually have to carry through on it. <laughs> that's 100% correct. Hey, don't go anywhere. We're going to jump straight back into the interview. But just wanted to let you know that this episode is brought to you by our brand new There Is More album from Hillsong Worship. The album launches on April 6th, but you can go to hillsong.com forward slash worship to pre-order it now. Go get it. It's going to be so good. Cass Langton and this is my Fantastic Four. My favourite dream holiday destination is I saw on a website once this little tiny boutique hotel that is perched in a cliff on a Jamaican island and so I dream about going there regularly or to Italy which I love with my whole heart or right on the main street in Copenhagen. It is my favourite city in the world. I sometimes also dream about a boat to Antarctica. If I had a different career, I think I would be a foreign diplomat or I would be an interior designer or I would like to be a sculptor at the moment. I might also be a curator of an art museum. If I could only eat the food of one nation, I would eat Italian or Greek. My favourite book that I've read this month is the Bible. I've been doing the Bible in 30 days. And so from the beginning of January to the end of January, it has pretty much been all consuming and that's all I've read. But I have a pile of new books to read on my bookshelf, which I can't wait to get to. Okay, so you talk a little bit about the tools that help you with your devotional life um, and just kind of staying becoming the person you want to become even creatively um what's some of your creative inspiration where do you draw that stuff from where are you looking what are you what are you seeing loving what are your go-tos there i feel like there's a whole variety of things right so for me um i think god is the endless source of creativity so i think you start there you start with the word of god i like in worship i am shocked all the time at the number of ideas that drop or um, inspiration or reminders to check something or look at things. Wow. Like in worship, I am constantly like reaching for the offering envelope and opening it up and scrawling notes on it because I feel like that's where God really speaks to me. But I think you can get inspiration from anywhere. I think the world, like, the Bible says the rocks will cry out, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the rocks cry out creatively. I think there is so much resource in the world to look at and people have such revelations of beauty these days. 
that there is a lot of clever stuff in terms of art and music and books and poetry and like yep. every creative discipline, dance. And I think that pushes and propels the church to actually get better at what they do, that if that's what the world's doing and they don't even know God, how much more should we who know God speak of his wonder and his majesty and his beauty? Uh, like I feel like everything that we do is like um, thunder and lightning. So the heavens declare the glory of God through the stars and thunder and lightning. We do it through lights and music and all sorts of things. Yep. So I think that is inspiring to me. I feel like people like the 99% and like there's so many things like that. There's great books and resource and magazines that just trigger things. Yeah. I have Pinterest boards for everything because I feel like Pinterest is like a I've seen unending, some of those boards. Right. I collect stories and stories spark creativity and I think for us we have access to an incredible team of people who have different strengths and so in that team environment creativity is always stirred in conversation like you mm. find yourself talking about what if and imagine and could we and mm. the potential and possibility that sits in our team is inspiring see this is cool and this segues perfectly into what i want to talk right. about next <laughs> um one thing you guys have been very deliberate about in leading our team is even the language around making sure we say we have a hillsong creative team not a hillsong worship team um, and we've made that distinction and there's been a real strong emphasis on developing those creative arts is it just words? Is it just two ways to say the same thing? Is it something you've been intentional about in your leadership of our oh. team? I think there are many irons in the fire, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's all worship. I think creativity yep. and the songs are all worship. But I think there's so many different ways to whet people's appetite for God. Uh -huh. And I think the creative arts are one of the most incredible arrows that we have to shoot into the community to talk to the wonder of who God is. And I would pray that there would be artisans in our community who are committed to be evangelists and to actually not tell the predictable. Like it frustrates me because you read the Bible and then we go, okay, well, let's take the story of Jesus and let's act it out. No, let's not. Right. Let's actually think about how to tell that and reimagine it right. and and hint to it and keep the mystery alive yeah. for people and send them on a hunt and a search for truth. I, like, I've just been reading all the parables again and I'm constantly amazed that Jesus uses stories that people understand and the most normal of circumstances and then he goes, yeah, but that's what God's like. And so he's showing them what huh. they understand and then putting a twist on it. And I think that that's what the arts can do. Yeah. They show people what they kind of understand and then put a twist and go, but yeah. <laughs> there's more than what meets the eye. And so as you developed that in our creative team, you were intentional about pushing the boat out creatively, including different areas and arms of creativity that might not have gotten airtime before. Um, that process... Did you get pushback from that? Were people um, open to that idea? What was what was that yeah. time like? No, of course there's pushback. Um, because in a church where worship has always been our one expression, I think there's a lot of creativity that's not understood. Uh -huh. And I think for as a creative pastor and you, we have an obligation to work out where those gifts fit, but they don't necessarily all fit in Sunday services. And I think that's where the pushback comes is when the dancers have always said they need to dance like in worship, maybe that doesn't make sense because people right. from the world come in and go, what are they doing? That's really weird with those flags and ribbons. But if it's in a different context, it makes perfect sense. So I think, um, yeah, there's pushback, but there's pushback when we try to use it in ways that just don't make sense or don't tell our story well. It's about finding ways to facilitate those areas of creativity, right. eh? 
and putting people in the right places. So like um, our friend Leanne Thomas, who's an incredible artist, she paints most beautiful um, wave paintings and hydrangeas mm. and all sorts yeah. of But that doesn't need to sit in the middle of worship on a Sunday service. Nope. Actually, the best place that it can sit is in a gallery right downtown in Sydney where people walk in and encounter beauty and then ask her why she paints like uh-huh. that. And then she talks about the master artisan behind that creativity uh-huh. and people go, oh, but on a platform on a Sunday, that just doesn't make sense. Right. I think to us now, that expression feels really normal that we right. would kind of imagine the creativity that God's people have out and about in the marketplace right. in the four corners of the world. But when you really push this, it was really going against the grain and against kind of the accepted logic of the time. Um, what but don't you think it – sorry, I just cut you off. But no, our fine. church's mandate has always been to reach and influence the world. Correct. And I think the reach and influence for us as creatives comes through the creative arena and the spheres. 100%. And Monday to Friday jobs, 100%. not just the weekends. Yeah. So I think we've always been called as a church to empower people, whether they're the artists or the creatives in their sphere, yeah. to reach their world. Yeah. In fact, at worship conference, I preached a message on the art of rescue. Yeah. And I have this real um, conviction. I told a story there about um, on the beach, there were um, people training to be lifesavers as somebody is drowning out the back. And yeah. I would fear that our creative teams just practice and rehearse and think their gift is all about themselves and yeah. fail to see the people in the ocean. Yeah. And they're called to actually reach the lost with the gift that's in their hand. Oftentimes so worried about keeping it inside the four walls of the church, right. they miss what's happening outside. Right. And Jesus said, into all the world, go, yeah. like, make disciples. So how do we as creatives do that authentically with what's in our hand? Well, that's my question for yeah. you. That's my question too. <laughs> um, if we know how to do that, that's a million dollar question. Well, what would you say to young leaders who are trying to do the same thing with their own worship teams, who are starting to try and include these different forms of creativity in their expression in their church? Would you have any words of wisdom from your experience that you'd want to share with them? Um, I think you have to create place for those people, but not necessarily for the gift. So you need to encourage the people to do what's in their hand, but to actually find where God would have them outwork that. So I think that that's the um, quest of every Christian, right? Is what have you trusted me with, Lord, and what do I do with it? And I think we as pastors have to help people ask those questions and then find out the answers to it. But if everybody's coming expecting us to find room in the church for their gift, I don't know that we can do that all the time. And We only have so many services. Right. So, like, I think about even our albums. So we, we have so many songwriters and we write 12 songs a year on a Hillsong worship album. So we can take 12 songs, but we probably have, I don't know, 30 or 40 writers. Somebody's always going to miss out. And so there will always be leftovers and waste and things that don't fit. But those people have to actually ask God what he would have them do mm-hmm. with the gift that he's entrusted to them. One of the things that you taught to our team last year was wasteful worship. Right. Um, making worship unto God alone, not for any other purpose or any other cause, right. but like for the sake of bringing it as an offering and leaving it at the altar. Um, is there anything you want to say around that? You just said it. Okay. You would <laughs> say I, it better. But I think it, yeah, I think about the story of Mary where she um, broke the alabaster jar and nobody understood what she was doing. And they said that's waste. And I think people often look at the creative arts as waste in the church, the fluffy stuff around the edges. And I love what N.T. Wright says. He says the arts aren't the bits around the edges. They're actually the highways into the heart of God. And on the highways people travel. And I think that that's such a beautiful thought 
that as we break our worship open before God, as we bring our creativity, maybe people catch glimpses and they get to use their imagination and they see God is better than what they thought. So like I'm all about the waste if we're doing it unto the Lord. And, and to be honest, as I pastor our team, I go, Reuben Morgan says, write a hundred songs and then present you one. Those hundred aren't wasted because they're all offerings to God and they're all worship to him. And even if nobody hears them, the Lord hears the things that we pray in secret, the songs that we sing in our bedrooms. And if our intention is worship first, not to get recorded on an album or to be made famous or whatever else, we've done our duty. We are made to worship God. Cass, I'm loving this conversation with you. I have so many more questions to ask you, not enough time to ask them in. Um, Thankfully, we have part two of this podcast that I would love to record with you. If you're up for coming back, um, we'd be really grateful to have you, but that's probably where we're going to have to leave it for today. And we'll see you in part two. Hey, well, I hope you enjoyed that. As Gabe said, we're going to continue the conversation in next week's episode. But right now, we've got Food for Thought, where we're going to hear a little bit more from Cass. One of the things that I love about worship the most is that it's transformational. N.T. Wright says you become like what you worship. And when you gaze on an object or a person for long enough with awe and astonishment and reverence that you begin to adopt some of that object or that person's character and nature. And I think that is what we are commissioned to do as Christians, is to become Christ-like. And the only way we become Christ-like is to set aside time to focus on Jesus, to actually worship Him and allow His character and attributes to infuse with our humanity and transform us. Well, that's it for today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to subscribe, you can do that on iTunes, YouTube, or SoundCloud. And I'd encourage you to do that so you can be a part of the journey with us. We'd love to hear from you too. So if you want to give us your comments, do that on our Instagram. It's at HillsongWCC. And we'll see you next time.